0: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of The Chicago Audible. I'm Rose Woldewitt, and I want to welcome you to our week ten preview show. I'm accompanied by my co-host Nicholas Moriano. The two of us, we're ready to break down everything you need to know before this week's divisional matchup against the Detroit Lions. Nick, four straight losses, another game where we have to preview. You hanging in there? Uh, somehow, some way I'm hanging in there, Will, and yeah,
1: four straight losses. It's hard to lose a fifth straight game. But the Bears, they might find a way. So, but we're we're hanging in there, though.
0: Yeah, we're tried and true. Uh, I was telling you right before we went live. You know, we like we st- we stick around. Doesn't matter what the Bears are doing. We're here uh, to do what we do best and that's talk about Bears football. I just wanted everyone to know before we kind of jump in, uh, since we are a day late and we're heading into the weekend. I do want to let you know that this show is going to be an express version of our normal preview show. And Nick, you want to tell everyone why that you made us. Wait a whole day to do this preview? Oh,
1: yeah, it is my fault. No, well, I did decide to go to Hogan John's live podcast. It, it, the restaurant is called Crolls in South Loop. Really nice venue. Met a couple of the fans of the podcast. Want to give a shout-out to Vamsi, who I took a picture with, tweeted on the account. Really cool guy. Loves the, loves the podcast. Was also there to see Hogan John's do their thing. But, yeah, I just uh, wanted to go and check that out. But I'm sorry, you guys, for putting this a day
0: late. But now we're, we're doing it right now.
1: Yeah, no, You no, better
0: I... be. I'm out of the flow. It feels like a Thursday night, not a Friday night over here. But you have your uh, Red Bull, so you're feeling pretty good? Yeah, the Red Bull is now done. I am, I'm amped up, ready to go. Uh, all right. Well, like I said, express version of this show. So let's go ahead and kind of get through this in expedited fashion. And to begin, let's take a look at the Bears' defense. They're going to be going up against a Lions offense that can move the ball really well through the year. But they do struggle to consistently be effective on the ground. So let's go ahead and first look at that Lions passing attack. Matthew Stafford, he's playing some of the best football I've seen out of him in quite some time. His favorite target this season is Kenny Galladay, who leads the team with 62 targets and 640 receiving yards. Then you have Marvin Jones, who's catching 73 of all the footballs thrown his way. Uh, Those two wideouts, they combine for 13 touchdowns through the year. Uh, That about doubles all the Chicago Bears wide receivers combined. Uh, Detroit, they also have Danny Amendola in the slot. And Nick, someone who you and I saw way back in training camp, Marvin Hall, a deep threat, who did make a ton of plays in training camp went on those deep balls. He has five catches this year for 200 yards. Uh, quick translation, that's 40 yards per catch for Marvin Hall this year. So obviously all of this, Nick, I don't know if you know, but this adds up to that Detroit offense being first in the NFL in yards per completion. So, obviously, very potent passing attack. What are some of the keys to kind of stop it?
1: Oh, that's a good question because Matthew Stafford's been really on his game. And when you have the weapons that the Detroit Lions do, that's why you put up the numbers that they have. So, I think a big thing for stopping these wide receivers, and look, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, really good wide receivers, but they don't create a lot of separation. They're just really good at contesting for those 50-50 balls. So, I think... The matchup or the way to kind of stop these guys is really at the line of scrimmage. And really, that's going to be Prince of Mucamora who's going to be in that tight coverage, that one-on-one, really jammed them at the line so you're not able to get where you need to be. And if you put that off, get that timing off just a little bit with Matthew Stafford, that can result to an incompletion. But he's been pretty good all season at finding where to put the ball, finding these receivers and putting in the right spot despite there being tight coverage. So it is really a tough cover regardless of what uh, Bears defenders are on these receivers because they have been producing all season for the
0: Detroit Lions. Now, of course, you're going to have Danny Amendola, who's going to really work this defense underneath, who I think he's going to get his looks and his yards. He's not really a big play type of guy, but they have a few on this offense. And looking at Kenny Galladay, looking at Marvin Jones, they really push that ball down the field. They like to throw it past the sticks. And we've seen the Bears give receivers a ton of cushion this year. Do you think that could be a recipe for, not disaster for the Bears defense, but... How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? One that goes in favor of Detroit to kind of, you know, get that ball out quick on some quick hitches that are just past the sticks and some routes like that. Because when I'm looking at Detroit and looking how the Bears defense usually uh, lines up against an offense, I do see that quicker passing game uh, and some tempo kind of giving us some fits. Yeah, but I think that's almost
1: plays into the game that the Bears would rather see from these Detroit Lions receivers because they make a lot of big plays. So if they're ch- stopping them on these short, maybe seven yard hitches or, you know, these quick out routes, I'd rather have that than the big plays that I was seeing last week against Oakland, where, you know, it's either it's Galladay or it's Jones just going up and making this big play, this long completion. Yes, you will give up those yards, and the Bears haven't been as good in the red zone as they were a season ago but I'd rather have that instead of one of those big plays and then going up tempo. We saw that a couple times where that will happen to this Bears defense after a big play tempo score. So I'd rather have it that way than the other way around where it's a you know the big play kind of hurts you. But again, if the defense is out there like they have been, this tempo is definitely going to play a factor, you know, later in the game because of probably because the offense not doing their job and staying on the field. But that's I would rather see that way play out for the Detroit Lions, these short passes, as opposed to the big passing game that they are capable of making.
0: Now, I just want to get your opinion here. We know that all these receivers, and they're going to line up across the field. Is there a one matchup that would go heavily in Detroit's favor if they can get it that would worry you? Um. So right now I think it's,
1: look, with Kyle Fuller and how he plays his cornerback position, being that seven yards off, I'm not too worried with his guy. It's whether or not – it could be either Jones or Galladay. They're really good at that fighting at the line of scrimmage. But Prince of would be the matchup right now with one of those bigger wide receivers that if he's not able to disrupt them, and that's a big part of Prince of game, that goes in favor of that Detroit Lions receiver. And it is only the two guys, Galladay and Jones. But that's the thing. If that If the Detroit Lions are able to win that matchup more times than not, expect a big day out of whichever receiver that is because these guys are putting up, you know – it looks like they might be have career years, both of these guys. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to have that be the reason why the Bears will lose. I'm expecting, again, they didn't do it earlier when they played Michael Thomas or, you know, other of these big number one receivers. You bracket that receiver, but the Bears haven't shown that they'll do that. So I think what Chuck McGonigal is going to want to do, it's going to be a lot on Prince of Mookamore to really win at the line of scrimmage to disrupt these receivers. But, yeah, it's really whoever's on that side is who I'm worried about.
0: And our guest a few days ago, uh, he was talking about that both Galladay and Marvin Jones, they've been doing a great job with contested catches this year. So even if defenses are in good coverage and you're jamming the guy to, you know line of scrimmage and you're playing tight coverage throughout the entirety of the route, they're still finding ways to end up with the football in their hands. So even if the Bears can have good coverage, these guys may just win those one-on-one matchups, those contested catches on this, uh, come Sunday, but let's go ahead. Let's move right along and look at the lions on the ground. Uh, carry on Johnson. He's an IR, uh, looking at the lions. They haven't had 100 yards on the ground since week four and without Johnson, they really don't have a workhorse back there. Instead it's a combo of guys like JD McKissick, Ty Johnson, and Paul Perkins. Now looking at the bears defense, they've allowed 111 yards on the ground per game on average over their last three weeks. Obviously on paper, I think the bears have quite the advantage here but Nick, does that seem right to you? The Bears shouldn't be overly tested when the in terms of the Lions running the football, right? Yeah, no, I think this is a matchup that the
1: Bears like in their favor, and you know Detroit's always been a team that has struggled to run the football. Even you know when they've had uh, you know I guess somewhat good receivers, but um, good receiver, good running backs, but they just don't commit to the run very often. And now that you have uh, you know guys that are filling in for your starter, it's not like they're going to commit to it. Because, look, Stafford's having a season where you can kind of rely on that until it hurts you at one point. And I expect them to come into Chicago wanting to pass a lot more than running. Of course, you want to establish a run. But, again, this Bears defense, even though it has regressed from last year, it's still capable of, you know, stopping offenses that are not very good run, run teams. Last week wasn't a good showing against Philadelphia, but I think they'll have a way better day against the Detroit Lions on Sunday.
0: Uh, They haven't been good over the last few weeks. We've been talking about that in post-game shows where, you know, we come here on, I almost said Thursday. See, you're throwing off my week, Nick. But we come on here during the midweek, like, yeah, Bears defense, they should be able to take advantage. And then come Sunday, they don't live up to expectations, and they look a little bit more soft up front due to Akeem Hicks being out and some guys not, you know, stepping up for the challenge. But, yeah, I agree in terms of the matchups here, the Bears – look like they have the favor. Let's see if, you know, the Lions don't stick with it. They don't really have a guy back there they can lean on. Let's see if that kind of helps us in terms of making the Lions one-dimensional. And then once that happens, you have to find a way to stop it. And not many teams have found a way to stop the Lions through the air, and it's up to the Bears' defense to find out what the solution is to that problem. Do you have anything else either on the Lions' offense or the Bears' defense this week?
1: No, I mean, I, look, Matthew Stafford is going to take his shots and his opportunities, especially when you have Galladay and Jones Jr. who can make that contested ball. So expect that. Even when guys are look like they are covered and there's a, maybe a safety over the top, Matthew Stafford's going to take that shot. He trusts these guys right now. They're playing some good football. That's going to make or break this Bears defense. Whether or not Stafford's able to complete those 50-50 balls. And this season, he's been really good at just putting the ball in only one spot where these receivers can get it. Do you see some of the throws he made in that Raiders game? Mm -hmm. The guys are covered. They are completely covered. But these guys are coming down with the football. So that's a big thing come Sunday. and. Look, Eddie Jackson, Hocklin Dix, they haven't been on the better side of winning those one-on-one matchups as of late at the safety position, and there hasn't been as many turnovers, so that could go into favor for the Detroit Lions.
0: Yeah, they have a lot of chemistry, Stafford and all of his guys right now, and that chemistry, that mojo, that magic that they're playing with, it's real. That's a real thing in football when you have that kind of connection. And it's really working for Detroit right now, and hopefully the Bears, like I said, can stop it. Uh, real quickly, red zone third down. Looking at the red zone, the Bears' defense, they rank 13th in the NFL. They allow teams to score in about 53% of the time, where the Lions, they rank lower. They're 17th on offense, but they do convert in the red zone, scoring touchdowns on 58% of those trips. And then on third down, another pretty close matchup here. The Bears' defense is ninth in the NFL. This is a number that keeps dropping by the, every week, by the way. Uh, but they are currently ninth, allowing teams to convert on about 35% of third downs, where on the Lions' offense they rank 13th. Uh, this is probably due to being one-dimensional, but they only convert on 41% of all third downs this season. All right, well, up next, we are going to tell you who we think has the edge between the Bears' defense and the Lions' offense. And, of course, we're going to talk about our X factors as well. But before we do, I need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, Wrigleyville Sports. Wrigleyville Sports is one of the premier Chicago sports merchandise stores in the entire city of Chicago. And their goal is to bring the city team gear and happiness all straight to the fans. So if you're looking for any of the latest Bears gear, they have it. From hats to sunglasses to t shirts and jerseys. Make sure to check out WrigleyvilleSports.com. And like I mentioned last week, they also have quite the selection of some holiday merch like ornaments, Chicago Bears gift tags. So definitely check that out. And Pretty cool deal here. We can get you 15% off and free shipping on your order. And all you need to do is use our promo code Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, for 15% off and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. So if you're looking for any of the Bears gear this holiday season or any of the other Chicago teams for you, yourself, some family member, you really can't beat this deal. Again, 15% off and free shipping. Any order of $25 or more at WrigleyvilleSports.com. And our promo code again is Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E. All righty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm Rose Will DeWitt. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. We're doing an express version of our preview show. And Nick, it's time to find out who has the edge between the Lions on offense and the Bears on defense. And I'm going to give you what I believe is a cakewalk. And we already said it once, so you can say it again. The Lions ground game versus the Bears run defense.
1: It should be the Bears' run defense, but we've been we've sided with the Bears before in the past, and they haven't shown up on Sunday, but this is shaping up for the Bears to win that matchup.
0: All right, I'm going to give myself Lions passing game versus the Bears secondary. Nick, I'm going with the Lions passing attack here. Like I told you, I think that magic and that connection's real, and they've proved it all season long. It's really going to be hard to slow down the Lions through the air. They'll be doing it a lot on Sunday due to that one-dimensionalism we've talked about. I think some of the playmakers, you have a Galladay, and heck, I Marvin Hall, i I mentioning him again, that deep threat. He just needs one catch to make his impact felt. So I think they're going to find some holes in this secondary. Won't be a lot. You and I were talking about it before we went live. We're just kind of you know uh, yapping back and forth. It just takes a drive or two on this defense to change the dynamic of the entire game just due to the Bears' ineptitude. On offense, so for me, just due to the slim margins of what's the difference between failure and success for the Bears as a team, I'm gonna give the Lions passing game the very slight edge here. But let's go ahead and share Lions offensive line versus that uh, Lions offensive line. Bears offensive. Wait, no, I'm right. Lions mm-hmm. offensive line versus the Bears pass rush. I shouldn't have in my notes. Lions offensive line versus Lions Bears pass rush. That's pretty weird. I'm sorry. Find- Expedited notes, you're going to have mistakes <laughs> in them. But you know what I mean. The Lions, uh, their offensive line versus Khalil Mack and company. Who would you give the edge to? So I think I'm going to give the
1: slight, slight edge to this Bears pass rush. I think when you look at the Lions tackles, when you have Decker, the left tackle, Wagner at the right tackle, I think this is one where you can see maybe a Khalil Mack kind of come. Does a robot know you like a neighbor?
0: Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone.
1: Maybe, obviously, the past couple weeks, the stats haven't reflected his impact. But still, you got to recognize that people are throwing double teams, triple teams. This is setting up, supposed to set up other people for success. Leonard Floyd, I mean, he did get a sack last week. But I think this is the matchup where Cleo Mack can really have his presence felt again at Soldier Field. And remember, that play that he made last year, I want to say that was Decker again at that left tackle, where he blows by him, goes through the other guy, sacks Stafford, and does that little tilter that little somersault whatever it was at the end to kind of celebrate cartwheel and yeah so I think you give it slightly to the Bears they got to get creative though when they bring the pressure it's not just the front seven there's a buster screen that you can bring in so there's other ways to create pressure but I have to give it to the Bears
0: all right I'm going to balance you here because I'm going with the Lions I'm going to give it to their offensive line they're only allowing two sacks per game The Bears, on average, get about two sacks per game over their last three at least. Uh, You're looking at Taylor Decker, uh, their left tackle. I think that is someone the Bears can take advantage of. uh, But I feel like the Lions know this, so they're going to give them the help. We've seen teams do this week in, week out against Chicago. Same thing with the right tackle, Rick Wagner. So to me, it's another game where I'm looking at the opposing offensive line, and the tackles aren't great. The interior is more solid. We've talked about this week in, week out. It seems like with every team. And we're like, oh, yeah, Mack and Floyd and Aaron Lynch, they should be all right. They should have a decent game. And it doesn't happen. They're missing in action. So until I see them return to action, I'm going to give – and sadly, I'm going to have to give this one to the Lions. I want to give it to the Bears. I believe in the talent, or at least I should believe in the talent or at least the potential, but they're not living up to it. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and give that one over to the Lions on offense, which leads us to our X-Factor you talked about a lot of guys here for that Bears defense that can you know be real pivotal. Who's going to be uh, the X factor?
1: I think when it comes down to it, a lot of the what the Lions want to do goes through their passing game. And in this matchup, when you have a guy like Kyle Fuller, you expect him, or you, he has to come up and be big in this game, regardless of it is Call- uh, Galladay or Jones that is on his side. And he's asked to cover this guy one-on-one or break on passes that are short. He needs to play well, and I think he's going to be the X factor, especially if he can cause a turnover. That's the guy right now that I have the most confident in, other than Cleo Mack probably, to cause a turnover is Kyle Fuller. So I think when it comes down to it, those one-on-one matchups, he needs to be on the winning side of those. Or if they don't, this Lions offense is going to have a lot of success, stay on the field longer, and you know probably score some points. But I think that's going to be a huge matchup regardless of whatever
0: receivers out there. But it has to be Kyle Fuller coming up big. All right, I'm going secondary as well, but I'm going to go with Eddie Jackson. I think he is going to be tested uh, in this game down the field. Uh, like I've said, the Lions really tend to push the ball past the sticks. They're fourth in the NFL in yards per pass attempt, and like I said, they're leading the NFL in yards per completion. So they're going to give Marvin Hall, you know, one to two bombs downfield to really just take the top end of that defense to give him a test, and they've been hitting those pretty well. And on top of that, Marvin Jones, he can get a few deep shots. Kenny Galladay is not opposed to getting those as well. So for me, our center fielder, Andy Jackson, he's going to be needing to be in position and to take over on some of these routes when they're doing some zone coverage. So communication, I talked about this, I think, three weeks ago when I really highlighted communication between corners and safeties being a huge thing and it ended up losing us the game. So I'm going to highlight it here again because with these deep threats, it's going to be really pivotal uh, in this game. All right, well, we're already halfway through the show, which is crazy, Nick. It feels like we should be on topic like number two. But unfortunately, it is time to take a look at the Bears' offense. And they're going to be going up against a defense in Detroit that also has its fair share of struggles. Uh, But perhaps it's the Bears' offensive struggles that outweigh the problems in Detroit. Either way, we're going to discuss. But no matter how you look at it, this is Bad versus bad or really bad versus really bad. Uh, Just to put it in perspective, the Bears have gained over 300 yards just one time all year, where the Detroit Lions defense has been unable to hold any opponent under 350 yards this year. So who knows what we're going to see when it comes between uh, these two units, but I'm sure it's going to be putrid, Be blunt. I don't think it's going to be pretty whatsoever, but looking at the Lions defense, they give up the second most yards per game through the air at 288. They allow that despite having the fourth lowest completion rate against them at only allowing uh, 60% of passes to be completed against them. So obviously they're allowing a ton of yards per completion. That number's up to 12 and they allow about two touchdowns through the air per game on average against yet. Despite all of their struggles in coverage, Nick, I'm having a hard time believing Trubisky and the Bears are going to find a ton of success passing the ball on Sunday. Are you in the same boat or do you think the Detroit Lions defense is so bad we can actually throw the ball effectively?
1: You know, I think it is possible, Will. I really do think it's possible for Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy to get things right this game. When I was watching the film, what the Lions were doing defensively against the Oakland Raiders, they don't have a very complex offense. They like to run the ball, short pass with Derek Carr, very efficient passer. That's why he has those games where he doesn't put up very good numbers, but he's still winning games. What they like to do, they like to throw a lot of drag routes over the middle where they'll have their targeted guy, go over, but then they'll have the backside receiver also run a drag, kind of creating that natural pick, making one of these guys wide open. Guess what? That's an easy throw for any quarterback to make, even Mitch Trubisky. So I think in this game, you can see some of these easy completions. And look, Will, when I was watching these linebackers for the Detroit Lions, they're god-awful. Like, they just don't understand how to, do, to guard play-action passes. They get so sucked into play-action, it keeps – wide-open voids in the defense, this could be a game where it finally happens. Not saying that it will, but it could. it's all set up for it to be. But again, you go back and you mention what the Bears have not been able to do on offense and what the Lions' defense has given up. This should be a matchup where it could go either way, but it is there to be taken advantage of. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's, it's available.
0: It's available. Like you said, I, I really don't know if it's going to happen. You talked about... The natural pick plays, have you seen Chicago run any of those? I haven't seen Chicago run any of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're trying to say something a little different there, but I think I caught on and you're going to say. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen them run anything either. They haven't run it at all. And honestly, again, I don't know. I don't see them running any complex schemes like that. And they're not complex, but just those natural routes that create a little friction uh, between a couple defenders that open guys up. We haven't seen any of that. It's been a lot of isolated routes. A lot of real simple short routes, which we talked about where they have to turn around, present themselves to Trubisky. And even then, we don't know if he's going to hit them. So I'm really, again, even if they find mild or moderate success, you can't get excited about it. This is the Detroit Lions defense that is, again, bottom of the barrel. So it's as much as if I, hey, great, you do it. Maybe it's going to be, we'll be excited for one game. But that's it. You can't really take much stock into any success the Bears offense finds this week. Uh, I won't even look at it as a building block. It's like, OK, you did what you could do against a very subpar defense. But do you have any keys to success or any favorable matchups through the air? Because obviously you talked about the linebackers. Uh, Gerard Davis and Christian Jones, looking at them specifically, uh, they allow about 75% of uh, catches when they're targeted, about 12 yards per catch, and a passer rating over 100. So I think, of course, if you can find a way to uh, exploit these linebackers in coverage, in theory, it should work out well. What about you? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, sticking with those linebackers,
1: that's definitely going to be a good matchup. I would say either one of these safeties for the Lions, but really, we uh, other than the deep ball to Taylor Gabriel... We haven't seen many completions down deep to where Mitch Trubisky is going to take advantage of. Like like we said, and we can, you know, just keep this entire conversation going every single week because it all depends on what number 10 can actually take advantage of. And it hasn't been much all season. So I think what's going to be what it's going to come down to is whatever's closer to the line of scrimmage. So that's going to be the one-on-one matchups against the linebackers. It's using David Montgomery against, you know, again, these linebackers and also this defensive line they're missing some key starters. Uh just uh just looking at what ESPN has on the injury report for the Lions, they're going to be without Tracy Walker. He was out well, he was out for in terms of practice today. Deshaun Hand in practice. That's not a good sign for coming up for Sunday's uh game. So maybe they're going to be even without these key contributors on defense, but can the Bears take advantage of that? I don't think so. I don't know. We haven't seen it so there's no hope. I'm giving you the recipe for success whether or not the Bears do it. It's up to them and they haven't done anything all season.
0: Yeah. It was one thing to have the ingredients in front of you. It's another way to, you know, add them in the right order with the right amounts and make it all work. So I understand exactly uh, what you're meaning there, Nick. One other area that I would say to kind of potentially exploit uh, would be two of the corners, two of the three, anyone not named Darius Slay is a good shortcut to this one. But if you're looking at Melvin or Coleman, uh, Coleman, he is allowed six touchdowns this year. That's more than Trubisky has thrown this year. Again, Disgusting stat, but other than that, uh, when I'm looking at uh, Melvin, he's not really strong as well. So if you stay away from Darius Slay, pretty much he should have a field day against his Detroit Lions defense. But again, I just can't get over the Nick the sour taste in my mouth from the first half of last week's game. I really can't. That took away all my confidence in this offense. And even when they started moving the ball a little bit and they put up some points in the second half, Again, I just I can't get over it. I don't know what it is. It's been really sticking in my mind all week, but I've never seen a half of football so bad from any Bears offense. And I've seen some really, really bad Bears offenses. And I know the talent's there. I know there's talent. Maybe not the talent the most important position, but around there, there's talent. So that's what's really frustrating. But moving on to the ground game, the Bears, they're still struggling to run it a ton. Uh, 21 attempts on average over the last three weeks. In the three weeks which we've been focusing on running the ball, that's still fifth least in the NFL. And for this season, they still kind of hover around 80 yards per game on average. Uh, There may or may not be some changes up front, Nick, that you want to talk about for the Bears offensive line. But either way, they're going to be going up against a defense that allows nearly 140 yards on the ground per game on average and nearly five yards per carry. So there is really no excuse. And I mean none. No excuse to run it better than they have this season. They should find a way to get it done because Detroit has proven, and you talked about more injuries up front. There is no excuse for them to not find a way to run this ball effectively in this game. But yet again, we've talked about that (laughs) already this year, and that has obviously been a lost cause here on the podcast. So I don't want to get into why, but what are your thoughts about how the Bears will fare in the ground? And I know you want to talk about that potential change up front.
1: Yeah, so if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to Matt Nagy's press conference from yesterday, Go ahead and listen to it, but basically a reporter asked him whether or not there would be a switch on the offensive line. James Daniels and Cody Whitehair, center to guard, making that switch. He didn't answer the question, but look, not answering the questions, kind of giving us an answer that this could be a possibility come Sunday that you're going to see James Daniels back at left guard, Cody Whitehair back at center, and I think that's for the best right now. James Daniels is not getting the protection calls that he's supposed to be doing at this point. You know, now going into week 10 of this 2019 season, there's a lot of A-gap pressure that's happening, and James Daniels is a part of it. Of course, it's the continuity on long, the offensive line not playing well, but I think this is the best move going forward because Cody Whitehair, at least last season, and when he was asked to play center, looked like he can handle it, right? So I think that's going to be the best move, and one, for the Bears, that would maybe equate to some better, maybe better runs, just better offense overall, but I think that's something that needed to be done. Probably should have been done, Right after the bye week, or you know during the bye week, but again, the Bears haven't been very good at handling those situations. So we'll see if it equates to better, you know, offense. But I think it's a
0: move that just had to be done. Stubborn. If it is done, stubborn's the word. Stubborn. It's not their inability to make the decision. It's just pure stubbornness at this point to make changes, even if they're unpopular decisions, just to do them for the better of the team. And that's been a you know another reoccurring theme so far this season. Uh, I'll hand over to you for anything else on either side of the ball. Uh, one quick tidbit. Uh, the Lions' struggles maybe make sense on defense when you remember that their defensive coordinator, uh, Paul Pascalone, he was a defensive line coach in Chicago in 2014 under Mel Tucker. So maybe Detroit should have saw this coming all along. We just wanted to throw that out there because nothing like throwing a Mel Tucker reference here in Week 10 of the NFL season for the Chicago Bears. Uh, but how about you, Nick? Anything else on either the Bears' offense, or the Detroit Lions defense they want to make sure we kind of talk about?
1: You know, I think uh, when I was just watching the film, Josh Jacobs had a lot of success running to the left side of that defensive uh, front for the Lions. So maybe that's a side where you get James Downs at his natural, not natural position, but back to where he was actually playing well in his first year in Chicago. That left guard, just have him go forward, kind of run over, maul over some guys instead of having to diagnose, mentally be prepared of what's coming at you. That might cause some success for the Bears rushing attack, but look, we there's a lot of opportunities for the Bears offense, especially given the way the Lions have played defense. Whether or not to take advantage of it, probably we'll, we'll come see Sunday, but the way they played the blast this whole season doesn't look like it's going to play out that way.
0: All right, so to find out who has the edge, I'll go ahead. I guess I'm Mr. Trenches today. Sorry, Brandon, or just throwback to Brandon. But I'm going to take the Lions pass rush versus that Bears offensive line. And when you're looking at the Lions, they can barely muster around two sacks per game. But guess what, Nick? They're still going to get the edge. Do you know why? Uh, A, Trubisky gets sacked about three times a game. And a lot of the sacks, they're they're on the offensive line, but some of them as well, they're on Trubisky. Uh, and he's going to allow, and I talked about this last week too, I don't I guess I'm just reiterating myself, it's the story where we're at, but uh, Trubisky tends to allow the pass rush to become more of a factor than it should be. He makes every time he drops back in the pocket. He's having he's seeing ghosts. He's having happy feet. He's just making mild pressure, seeming like it's overwhelming amount of pressure. And that's gonna just be enough to give uh Detroit the uh the edge here. But even guys like Flowers and Kennard uh coming off the edge, I, again the Bears tackles haven't been playing well. And those two guys have fifty pressures and seven sacks combined this year. And also inside, Aquara, he's no slouch and he's gonna have Rashad Coward. So that should be a pretty interesting matchup too. So Unfortunately, Lions pass rush is going to give the edge here. What about you with the Lions' run defense versus the Bears' uh, ground game?
1: So I am going to give this one to the Bears, and it really is David Montgomery's the reason. He makes yards happen regardless if they're there to be had. And maybe, look, the, the switch from center to guard is not official, but that's looking like it's going to be a real possibility come Sunday. But I'm hoping that creates some kind of you know, impact for this bears offensive line to just gel for the first time all season. And it is against a favorable opponent. So this could just be their coming out party for the rushing aspect of this game. So I will have to give it to the bears on that one.
0: All right. Lion secondary versus the bears passing attack. Who's going to suck it up more, I guess would be the way we're going <laughs> to say it.
1: I like, look, we like the bears wide receivers. We really do, but you have number 10 throwing and I, I, I don't know if I can give them the advantage there. Obviously, look, it's everyone outside of Darius Slay. So there's a lot of, again, I said this earlier, opportunities to be had. Whether or not they're going to take advantage of, I'm going to have to give it to the Bears. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I have to give it to the Bears on that one.
0: All right, X-Factor time. I'm going to give my X-Factor real simple, short and sweet, to the point. David Montgomery. Like I said, there's no excuse for the Bears not to be able to run the football if they can't, they're going to be one dimensional. And that's a perfect way to let Detroit's defense still find a way to stop you when they haven't stopped any offense all year long. So for me, uh, David Montgomery is the easy one. Uh, teams have been running all over this defense, and Montgomery can't get going. The offense is going to suffer as a result. Real simple, short, sweet, to the point. But Nick, how about you? Who's going to be your X Factor?
1: I'm going with Mitch Trubisky, Will. And I, you know, I voice my opinions on Mitch, but look. If he has a good game, this is not only going to impact the offense, but also the defense as well. He had his breakout game, well, he obviously against week four against Tampa Bay, but it was week 10 last year against these same Lions at Soldier Field where he did have a very successful game. This Lions defense isn't good, and it can be exploited even with simple passes. I think Mitch physically can make the throws. He just isn't. It, I think it somehow, some way, kind of clicks, even a little bit. But you can't – here's the thing, and you mentioned it, Will, earlier. Don't take a lot from this game. If the Bears do have success on offense, that doesn't mean they're a good offense. By any means, no. You can't get sucked into what could be if they do have success in this game because it's a bad defense. But, again, they should be able to move the ball. And I expect – should. That's the key. I don't know if that should be integrated somehow in the episode for this podcast.
0: Should or something.
1: (laughs) Could, should, would, but probably
0: not. <laughs> yeah, and it, should, it used to be they will or they would or they most likely, and it's literally, eh, maybe they should. <laughs> probably <was> nothing, not. <laughs> The only people stopping them are themselves on offense this week. Let's be honest. The only people that are going to stop this Bears offense is everyone on this Bears offense, including Matt Nagy as the play caller. Simple as that. Uh, time for the final segment of our show, and let's go ahead, Nick. Anything on special teams this week? Not really. No. Cool. Same. <laughs> Moving on. Bold prediction. What do you got? Oh man. So bold prediction.
1: I, I don't know why I'm having an affection for Mitch Trubisky this week, but I feel like he you've said it. Uh this Lions defense has given up three hundred and fifty yards, uh, you know, consistently all season. Mitch Trubisky, bold prediction, you guys, is gonna throw oh man, I wish I had to stats. what he had last year. Three hundred and twenty five yards and three touchdowns. Breakout game, makes the easy throws. It's going to be inflated because lots of yak too. I'm expecting lots of yak from these wide receivers. So that's a bold prediction, 325 passing and three touchdowns.
0: Nice. Ours go kind of hand in hand. Going bold for me, Allen Robinson, he'll end up as the game's leading receiver on both teams in catches and total yards. Again, that's pretty damn tough. You have Galladay and Jones on the other side. So for me, if Allen Robinson ends up being that leading receiver and he's going to draw Darius Slay a lot, uh, that's gonna be uh, you know, a good thing for Chicago uh, when it's all said and done. All right. But getting back to realism, who's gonna be the MVB? MVB will be David Montgomery. I think Thank
1: this you. is a game, yep, setting up for him to have a good day on the ground. Just they gotta commit to it and we'll see if the offensive line shake up, if it does happen, plays a factor in that. But realistically, it should be David Montgomery being the most valuable bear in this matchup.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be. And for all the reasons I outlined for why he's my X factor is everything why I think he will be the MVB. Make sure the Bears aren't one-dimensional. Uh, take advantage of Detroit's inability to stop the run and help balance time of possession. Remember, the Bears couldn't hold the ball for more than like 30 seconds as a time in the first half last week. David Montgomery needs to be involved. He needs to change that. And if it doesn't happen, the Bears are screwed yet again. They're going to really just... Uh, you know, put themselves way behind the eight ball for just you know. Now, not gonna say the second straight week. This will be the fifth consecutive week, which is, uh, yeah. All right. So anyway, game prediction, Nick. All
1: right, I'm doing it again, you guys. I have, I have the Bears winning. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be at this game. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm doing that for the sake of seeing a win, but I do have the Bears winning 26. 26- to 20 not not your typical score but 26 but i do have the bears winning this one not to say that this puts their season back on track by any means but this this is you know november an indoor team like the lions coming out it's just soldier field it's hard to lose five games straight it really truly is this bears ta- team has a lot of talent we all know that but i think this is a good opportunity for them to at least get one win under the belt after going you know what, a month and a week without a, their last victory.
0: Okay, I need to know how you get 26. Are you doing four touchdowns? I mean, two field goals, two touchdowns, four field goals. Are you doing four touchdowns, two missed extra points?
1: No, I'm doing three touchdowns, a field goal, and a safety. Is that okay, it? There we up? go.
0: See, okay. there's so many ways to get to the same number. I was <laughs> going through my head. I was like, I hope to God he's not predicting missed extra points here.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. Uh Going three touchdowns, Field
0: goal safety. I had to make sure that added up to 26. It, too. it does. That makes sense. I think so. I'm not, I'm actually just trusting in the 21. math in my head. Yeah. 21,
1: 24.
0: Got it. 26. We're all on the same page. Uh, speaking of 24, that's how many points I have the Lions scoring. And the Bears, I got them at 17. Uh, only one other team has scored less than 23 against Detroit this year. The Bears are going to be the second. I, I, I'm sorry. They can't find a way to score 20 points. They just can't. They haven't. They've been going against up some susceptible defenses. They haven't found a way to do it. Uh, So for me, I just think the Bears are the energy, or sorry, the lack of energy and just the lethargicism that I saw from this offense last week in a game that mattered against the Eagles, that there's real reason to play that game, and they just rolled over. I'm sorry, but I just don't see him doing it this week. I don't care if the opponent's a lesser opponent. I don't see him doing it. So for me, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go against the Bears, which I've only done it twice in the last two seasons, and this is the second week in a row. So there you go in terms of uh, where's Will's mindset on this team. But, Nick, what's going to be your confidence meter and your final thought?
1: Oh, confidence meter is like a three right now (laughs) that the Bears are actually going to win. Um, Again, being hopeful here. Um. Yeah. So again, this is gonna be. It's it's two teams that are very identical. Three, four, and one are the Detroit Lions. The Bears are three and five. So they're very identical. The Detroit Lions have lost a couple of you know hard fought matchups, and the Bears have just not looked good on offense in almost every single matchup. So, yeah, that's that's my confidence in this one, and that's about it. What are, what are you feeling in terms? Obviously, you have the Bears losing. So is that like an automatic zero?
0: It's it's less than five when when I have them losing I'm at about okay. where you you said three I had a three four so I was somewhere in the middle I'll give it a three and a half and to me it's gonna be a very interesting game to watch again a fun matchup between the Bears defense and that Lions offense I really think that's gonna be a real true chess match through and through but then the flip side like we said it's gonna be a stink fest like really who's gonna out suck the other team (laughs) and that's (laughs) where we're at when it's against the bears offense and the detroit lions defense Uh, i feel like it's gonna be one of those games where the bears be close uh throughout the entirety of this game they'll keep themselves within a score and keep us kind of strung along for all four quarters but I think they'll do a couple things. Either it would be penalties, which we had issues with last week. Offense not doing what they should be doing against the defense, which they should be taking advantage of. Whatever the case may be, the Bears are going to find a way to do what they've done all year, and that's find a way to put themselves on the wrong side of the final score. And again, what it all comes down to is look at the effort against the Eagles, a game that mattered, against a really good team, and they just didn't show up to play. Uh, one other thing, or actually a couple, I want to show you what's really weird to reciprocal right now in terms of the Bears' offense and the Detroit Lions' defense, Nick. The Bears' offense ranks 27th in points scored. The Detroit Lions' defense ranks 27th in points allowed. <laughs> the Detroit Lions on let's see what else. On uh pass yards per game allowed, the thirtieth. The Bears are thirtieth in passing yards total. So it's twenty and seven, twenty seven, thirty and thirty. I think there was one more here, but um I lost it. But the fact that they're so reciprocal to one another in terms of just so bad on each side is really uncanny. And the last thing I want to mention, uh, just for this week is Nick, wait until you have kids and you have to explain why the Bears aren't winning, and why a quarterback, which I used to kind of you know to my kid talk up so much, oh Mitchell Trubisky, this like last season always oh, gonna be really good, and I bought him a Trubisky jersey, and it's been always been in the front of the closet to wear on Mondays after game days, and all year Nick has been going further and further back in the closet over these five weeks, like nope, we're not wearing that, we're not wearing that, and sitting there playing mad, and he's like, so why is Trubisky bad now? What happened? And then trying to explain it to a six-year-old, so tough, but. It makes you really think because you have to explain it to a that easy of a level, and it's real sad when you actually have to do that. So wait for yeah, it. And that's
1: that's been a common theme for a lot of Bears fans over the last <laughs> since they what won the Super Bowl back in '85. So it's just not. It's still continuing, which is very
0: sad. Yeah, it's like, oh, why is Trubisky bad now? I'm like, well, you know, I wish I can give you the exact answer. It's called regression. <laughs> it just happens. It's 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 crazy. It really is, but. Yeah, uh, do you have anything else for this episode? I said express show and right at minute forty, which is shorter than normal, but I, I went a little longer than I thought it would, which isn't a bad thing.
1: Yeah, no, um, I mean, this is going to be obviously a divisional game where I expect to be close in the end, and let's, like you said, I think let's see which team sucks less.
0: Great! This is what I love when the Bears don't have meaningful games here in November. But that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this game preview. And again, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, next, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this week's preview with Will Ingles' five matchups to watch. And you'll be hearing from Nick and I—not this Nick, not Nicholas Morano, but Nick Austin, myself, and Will Ingles after the final whistle on Sunday. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>